Oh, excuse me, I got that from Mr. Checking In on Facebook. Um, got to put it on Twitter, got to put it on Snapchat and Instagram. Now smile. Actually, no, I don't do any of that stuff. I may do some Facebook stuff because it's interesting, um, but I don't post a lot and I don't read everything because, you know, honestly, sometimes I just don't care. I don't care what you had for lunch yesterday. I'm not really sure about your tying your shoe or whatever, but it's out there if you want to look about all that type of stuff. I wonder what archaeologists are going to think about us when they go back and look at our Twitter feeds and our iTunes um, libraries or reality TV. What are they going to think about our society today? However, I do check Facebook at least once a day or so just to keep up with folks, folks who might have moved away from Greenville, people I knew back in high school, and I also check up on y'all because a lot of times I find out about babies and deaths and moves and other exciting things on Facebook before you ever think of calling the church. Just saying. <laughs> now, I do like looking online because there are lots of things that I can waste my time on. I'm a sucker for those suggested videos on YouTube and find myself an hour and a half later looking at some cat video. Or, you know, there's also those tasty recipes that pop up on Facebook and you say, I can make that. Of course, I don't have any of the ingredients, but it's still interesting to look at. And so, yeah, I do like to laugh at cat videos or people, people doing crazy things or time hop shots or videos and the endless pictures of my friends' babies. I found that there are lots of funny things on the internet, but my sense of humor may not match your sense of humor, but we'll see what happens here. So I found a few things that you might find funny. So I'm going to put a lot of things up on the screen today, so you've got to watch the screens to see what's going on. Now there are some religious um, images that you might find funny. For instance, this one that's going to come up right here. The view from the church sound booth when the mics stop working. That's exactly how all y'all look. We know the mic's not working. We're trying to fix it, okay? Now this one's for the choir or the emerge singers. That moment in worship when the lyrics don't change. And here's one for folks who like a more traditional type of worship. When you've used a hymnal your entire life and suddenly there are words on the wall. Now, this one here I wish I'd had last year when I did preached about Peter walking on the water. Take my hand, Peter, and don't let go. There are really bad puns out there. Can you imagine what life might have been like if Jesus had had Twitter? Here's an example. You have 12 followers. <laughs> and then a few more for our musically inclined folks, like this one here. I planted some seeds and leftover mashed potatoes. Up from the gravy arose. <laughs> Up from the gravy. Got to sing that one. Or how about this one? It's a little harder. Hosanna in Excelsior. <laughs> and then, in case you need a quick fix when your capo breaks on your guitar, you've got this solution here. Pencils and a rubber band. So you can find all types of really interesting things online. Things to fix stuff, things to make things better, all types of stuff. But unfortunately, not everything online is great. If you scan the news feeds, a lot of what you see is just bad news. Death, famine, drought, floods, and so much more. And if you read the comment sections on a lot of posts, they just make you sad. It seems that a lot of people don't have any compassion for anything. And they feel it's their right to say whatever they want to say and rant about what's important to them with little consideration for the pain that they may be causing others. And so many of the posts are made by people who assume that all Southerners or 
all Democrats or all Americans or all Republicans or all left-handers or whatever think exactly like they do. But pretty often that's not the case. Of course, it doesn't just happen online. It happens in our jobs, at the ball fields, at grocery stores, and even in some churches. Now, I found some other posts, and these aren't quite as funny. In fact, they're not funny at all. They're a little sad. Um, here's one. I'm not mad. I'm hurt. There's a difference. Or this one here. You can't change someone who doesn't see an issue with their actions. And it seems like a lot of people fall in the category that's called toxic people, and this can be the result. When a toxic person can no longer control you, they will try to control how others see you. The misinformation will feel unfair, but stay above it, trusting that other people will eventually see the truth, just like you did. And finally, this one right here, it simply just made me sad. I'm kind of tired, you know. I want to stop trying and not care for a few days. I'm tired of feeling like a failure. How sad is it that people want to stop caring? That people are made to feel like a failure? Well, yes, there are times we fail. That's part of human life. We can't always win. We can't always succeed. But it's really sad when there are times that people just feel so helpless. Or they feel so helpless that they don't know how to help somebody else. There are times when life does seem meaningless. You're just digging a hole to go back and fill it up again later the idea of meaningless work from the video. Well, a couple of months ago, I was involved in the Magnolia Arts Center production of Ain't Misbehaving. My own music assistant, Jim Gillum, was the music director for that. And I got to sit for two hours every night for a couple of weeks and hear beautiful music from the 40s and 50s inspired by Fats Waller. And there was just a wide variety of music and it was all very interesting. But there was one particular song that struck me every night as very sad in a lot of ways. And so I want you to hear that. So I sort of cheated and I used my phone and got a copy of it. So watch this video here. It's a song called Mean to Me.
see what you mean to me. It makes me wonder about people who always look for the bad, who always try to find the things that are uncomfortable, or try to make other people uncomfortable to make themselves feel better. Since the beginning of the year, we've been looking at the Psalms. Some are joyful, some are reflective, some cry out to God in pain and despair. And today's Psalm, which is number 79, is one of those. So let's take a moment and read those first nine verses of Psalm 79. If you don't have a Bible with you, there are a few Bibles in front of you, or you might have a mobile device that you'd like to use. This is Psalm 79, the first nine verses. O oh God, the nations have invaded your inheritance. They have defiled your holy temple. They have reduced Jerusalem to rubble. They have left the dead bodies of your servants as food for the birds in the sky, the flesh of your own people for the animals of the wild. They have poured out blood like water all around Jerusalem, and there is none to bury the dead. We are objects of contempt to our neighbors, of scorn and derision for those around us. How long, Lord, will you be angry forever? How long will jealousy burn like fire? Pour out your wrath on the nations that do not acknowledge you, on the kingdoms that do not call your name, for they have devoured, devoured Jacob and devastated his homeland. Do not hold against us the sins of past generations. May your mercy come quickly to meet us, for we are in desperate need. Help us, God our Savior, for the glory of your name. Deliver us and forgive our sins for your name's sake. Why should the nation say, where is their God? It does sort of sound like the headlines of the news today. A terrible report on the nightly news or some commentary on the news blog. Or maybe it's even our own prayers. But notice at the very end, there's a statement of hope. Help us, God our Savior, for the glory of your name. Deliver us and forgive our sins for your name's sake. So what do we do with all this gloom and doom? Maybe we can find a ray of light in our world. Perhaps there is hope for a better world. So let's go back to the internet. I left you on sort of a down note a minute ago. So let's see if there's some things that are more positive, not sad or silly. For instance, there's this one here. You have permission to rest. You are not responsible for fixing everything that is broken. You do not have to try and make everyone happy. For now, take time for you. It's
It's time to replenish. You know, Jesus gave us the model of resting. Jesus even gave us that, I mean, God even gave us that model when he rested after creation on the seventh day. And we take Sabbath Sundays like today once a month so that we're not quite so busy, that we have time for the things that are important in our lives. You don't have to try to make everybody happy, but you do need to try to make the world happy. Um, Jesus didn't solve everything. He left some things for others to take care of, and he left some things for us to take care of. Now look at this slide here. It's a little harder to read. It says, sometimes the most urgent and vital thing you can possibly do is take a complete rest. I saw something online that talked about as preschoolers, we fight taking naps, and as adults, we crave them. How many of you like a nap? Anybody try to put down a three-year-old for a nap? It doesn't work. So naps can be good, rest can be good, so that it gives you the energy to do something better later on. And then look at this slide here. I imagined a much kinder world and decided to live there. What decisions can you make to make your life better? To make your world not so scary, but to make it a place that's peaceful and comfortable? Now the next few slides I'm going to show are some posts on Facebook from Oakmonters and a couple friends of mine. I hid their names so they can remain anonymous, or as anonymous as you can be on Facebook. So here's a few things that people had to say. Trust me, in the midst of a messy day, your inner calm, your peace in my presence, need not be shaken by what is going on around you. Though you live in the temporal world, your innermost being is rooted and grounded in eternity. When you start to feel stress, detach yourself from the disturbances around you. Instead of desperately striving to maintain order and control in your little world, relax and remember the circumstances that circumstances cannot touch my peace. And then the next one, this is somebody saying, I witnessed the sweetest act tonight in the gym. One of our trainers was lifting his client out of a wheeled apparatus to help her do an arm workout. There is still goodness on this world. My heart was so full. Kudos to this kind, compassionate young man. Or this one here. It's really hard to see all this. I'm going to read part of it for you. But this is from a teacher that says, because the classroom is a mission field. My school is full of praying teachers. And then there's a prayer there in the tiny box there. And it says, part of it says, Lord, let me just what, be what they need. If they need love, and they do need love, let me love in full measure. Let the lessons they learn make their lives fruitful and happy. And Lord, let me bring them to you. Teach them through me to love you. And then finally, one more. In every situation in life, there's good things that people do, and there's things that you don't like. And one of the ways that we can display love is by keeping a record of the good things and not keeping a record of the bad things. Love takes no account of the evil done to it. You know, we need to value other people. We need to be committed. Love is committed for the long haul. And then a couple other slides along the same line. Here's one that says, people are still good mostly, she said. Not from what I'm hearing, he said. Love is quieter than gunshots, but there's more of it. Or this one here. Be a rainbow in someone else's cloud. Or here's another idea. Despite all the bad days and mean people, I still believe in good days and kind people. Plus, there are always dogs. I thought it was pretty good. And then here's another one. Because sometimes you just need a giant spoon of peanut butter. 
I'm sorry for the folks who have peanut allergies because I love peanut butter. It's a big old spoonful, I'm happy. Or how about this one here? Kids today don't know how easy they have it. When I was young, I had to walk nine feet through shag carpet to change the TV show. <laughs> so things can be a little bit silly here. But then, here's another one. I woke up, I had clothes to wear, I have running water, I have food to eat, life is good, I am thankful. If we're thankful, we should show it. And here's one way to do it. Smiles are contagious. Go forth and contaminate as many people as you can. Told you there were cats on the internet. Or how about this one here? Be good to people for no reason. And then this one? Why do we only rest in peace? Why don't we live in peace too? So where do we find this peace? Here are a couple of suggestions. Inner peace begins the moment you choose not to allow other person, another person or event to control your emotions. Or this one here. Everything passes. Everything changes. Just do what you think you should do. Now, of course, in doing what we think we should do, we have to look for God's guidance in what we think, make sure that it's what God thinks. And the scriptures can lead us to this peace. And here's one example. Romans 16, 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe if we all trusted in the Holy Spirit, can you imagine what could happen? Perhaps this. One day, I would like to turn on the news and find and hear there's peace on earth. So maybe we should keep it in our prayers, such as this suggestion here. Father God, your word says that even when we face trouble in this world, you give peace in the midst of it. Today, surround the hurting with your love. When we can't understand, give us peace that passes all understanding. We trust you at all times. So, what do we do with all this? Well, let me give you a couple of real-life examples here. I want to put up a picture of a young man here from, um, his page is called Actor in Progress. And that's him up on the left there, about a year ago. He, um, I'm not sure how I connected with him or whatever it was, I don't know him from anybody. But he's a 17-year-old. And he was a high school drama student, so maybe that was some connection, some post that showed up. But a year ago today, he was running the half marathon as part of the rock and roll marathon in Boston or Baltimore. I can't remember which it is. But he never made it to the finish line. For reasons no one still knows, he collapsed a couple of hundred yards from the finish line. His heart just stopped. A healthy 17-year-old just stopped. But luckily for him, the lady in the bottom picture she was not too far ahead, and she was a doctor. And she was almost to the finish line, and she heard the cry out for a medic. And she turned around and went back and started doing CPR. She got the pulse back, and they got him to a hospital where he's been for the last year. He's been in the hospital or been in rehab. Um, and this last week, though, he was able to return to school. Now, you can see Ariana. That's the lady there. She's right there beside him. And by the way, notice that he's got a crocheted um, blanket on him. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Um, but she was right there for him. And now, even though he's able to go back to school, he still can't talk. He doesn't walk very well or use his arms very much. He's had trouble with his vision. And his speech is not the best. But this picture of a T-shirt he wears says it all. I got this. God. 
His Facebook is full of scriptures and inspiring stories of people who have prayed for him, medical personnel who have been able to perform nothing short of miracles, and a young man who's trusting God and the peace that is found there. It's unbelievable to read everything. If you go back to the beginning of his feed and work your way to the present, you can see how much he's changed over the past year. I, I notice it most in his eyes and his smile. What was once a vacant stare is now bright eyes full of glee and a thirst for life. What was once a pair of drooping lips is now a confident smile that can take on the world. Today, he's back in Baltimore, and he plans to cross the finish line in a wheelchair with the help of his friends. But you know, it doesn't take running a marathon to make a difference. It doesn't take performing CPR to make a difference. It doesn't take medical knowledge to make a difference. But these things can make a difference. But perhaps there's something in your life some skill or something that you've had that you can make a difference with. However, sometimes you can make a difference with a few balls of yarn and a crochet hook. I have visual aids for you. Each Tuesday morning, there's a group of ladies who gather in the multi-purpose room to knit and crochet. And you'll be able to see them working here in some of the projects they've been working on. They have various skills, levels, and experience. Some have been knitting for years, and others have just started. They make blankets for those in nursing homes or shawls for those recovering from surgery. I've seen sweaters and scarves and countless other projects that have come from simple balls of yarns. In fact, in the past month, in the past few months, they've created, created over 200 washcloths. They're gonna be put in shoe boxes for Operation Christmas Child. Now, Barbara Dell, this is her right there, is one of the members of the group. Barbara and I go way back. We were in Divinity School at Campbell University together, and we literally got up before the crack of dawn to drive the two hours to Bowie's Creek, because um, we had eight o'clock classes. I remember one semester leaving at 6 a.m. with Barbara for the trip to school, but that semester I didn't get home till 11 o'clock at night, because I had a night class and had to ride back with somebody else who got to sleep till noon. Um, but we survived everything that there was. Over lunch a few weeks ago, Barbara told me about experience that she and her daughter, Jamie, had that included these leftovers from the knitting group, who obviously were larger than they started there. This is just what's left. Um, I hope that she could tell you the story today, but she's at her mother's house this weekend, so I'm going to do my best. You see, one day during the knitting group, there was this leftover yarn, blue, red, and cream. There wasn't a lot, nobody seemed to really want it, but Barbara said she'd take it and come up with something to do with it. Now Barbara is quite quick to tell you that she does not knit, she crochets. I understand the knitting part, the crochet part, the knitting part amazes me to watch what they can do there. Um, while she was on one of her trips to see her mother, their, her daughter Jamie had a mental problem. Nothing serious, but just needed to go to urgent care for that. And so the doctor was examining her and he had a tremor in his hand. And he offhandedly remarked that it was caused by too many bombs going off near him. He had served overseas in the military and didn't really elaborate on what his situation had been. Where Barbara had been in the waiting room waiting for Jamie, and to pass the time, she had started to crochet using these different colors there. And as it happened, the doctor happened to see it, and he just sort of jokingly said, is that for me? And Barbara was like, didn't really know what to answer there. She didn't really have a, excuse me, she didn't have a plan for it. But however, over the next few days, she kept working on it and decided, 
well, this is appropriate. I'll take it back to the doctor. And she did. And he was quite surprised and quite thankful. The red, white, and blue made sense to give to somebody in the military. And he had mentioned that he was often cold. As Barbara was leaving, one of the nurses told her how much that simple act of kindness would mean to the doctor because he was having a rough, rough patch in his life. Again, we don't know the details, but anybody having a rough patch is pretty bad. And sometimes, just a little bit of kindness, a little peace, is all that you need. Some simple yarn and a crochet hook to make something that may make a life a little bit better. So what do we do with all this? What do we do with the pointless junk that's out there on the internet? What do we do with the hurt and anger and despair that's around us? What, we, what do we do with the comfort that the scripture tells us that seems meaningless to do and make it have meaning instead? I remember the movie Miss Congeniality, where Sandra Bullock plays an undercover FBI agent who has to go undercover in this um, scholarship pageant. She's not cut out for that at all. And she laughs at all the other contestants who keep saying what they want is world peace. By the end of the movie, her heart has been changed, and she realized that these are some strong women, some women that she'd like to be like, and she too wants world peace. So do you want world peace? You might not be able to solve it in the great global area, but maybe you can solve it right here in your hometown. Maybe you do need to respond when somebody calls out for a medic. Maybe you do need to take up your crochet hook or your knitting needles or your guitar or whatever it is and make people's lives just a little bit better. Maybe giving up our time or talent or skill is something that doesn't just help you, but it changes your heart and someone else's life. It's not necessarily about posting about your favorite restaurant, the latest movie, star gossip, or even some inspirational quote. We need to make the world have peace again. And as the famous song says, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. As we read earlier in Psalm 79, verses 8 and 9, do not hold against us the sins of our past generations. May your mercy come quickly to meet us, for we are in desperate need. Help us, God our Savior, for the glory of your name. Deliver us and forgive our sins for your name's sake.